Oh, come on, let's love him. Let's clap our hands and let's praise him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, let's clap our hands unto him and give a shout of victory. Come on, let's give him a great shout of praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He's a mighty God. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. He's mighty. Hallelujah. And if you have your Bibles, we're going to be turning over to the book of Genesis chapter 15 and verse number 1. And as you're turning there, and we're getting ready uh, to open up the word of the Lord, I want to encourage you to make it out this Sunday and uh, make a special effort. If you gotta, uh, if you got to fight traffic, get here. Uh, whatever you got to do, bring somebody with you as well because uh, these, are, these are moments in God, I think, that are pivotal for uh, individuals but also for us as a church. And uh, we're just using this as a, a holiday, if you will, to stomp on the devil. And so make sure that you bring somebody. Uh, I, I personally have said it over and over again, but I will not cease. We'll be talking about it a little more next year. I believe 100 thousand percent in the fivefold ministry amen i believe that it's apostles prophets evangelists pastors and teachers that are for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of christ and what they do is they help us all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the son of god unto a perfect man the man christ jesus amen when men like bishop nathaniel wilson come i believe that we are enacting the the office of an apostle uh, this is my pastor's pastor, and uh, many of us have known the work that they've done there in Elk Grove, Sacramento, California, and I believe that something's going to unlock in the spirit this Sunday, and, and you don't want to miss it, and then immediately following that, starting the next Sunday, we're going to have evangelist Brennan Claiborne, and uh, he'll be with us at least until the 22nd. Uh, depending on what their schedule allows, they will be here at least until then. Uh, but we're just going to press forward. And, uh, you know, I don't want to wait till 2021 to get started. <laughs> I don't want to wait until they change all sorts of things. I just want to kick it full pedal to the metal and, and just get the engine revving. And that way, when we get into 2021, we are full steam ahead in the Holy Ghost. And somebody said, Amen. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 15 and verse Number one, the Bible says this, After these things the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great rewarder. And Abraham said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven, and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. The Bible says, Look now toward heaven, 
and tell the stars. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on that subject. Tell the stars. Tell the stars. Would you set down your Bibles and let's pray. Hallelujah. Come on, let's lift up our voice. Over the next few weeks, we're just going to push full full pedal to the metal and we're going to we're going to believe God for great things uh, and I'm praying that tonight I can help spark somebody's faith and encourage somebody and bring a reminder to somebody's heart and to somebody's soul. Hallelujah. We're going to see everything that God promised to us. Amen. We're going to see every promise. There's not going to be one little bit that is missed. Amen. God pays good attention to detail and we are going to believe you God again and it will be counted to us for righteousness. Come on somebody pray right now in the Holy Ghost. We're going to believe God tonight. We're going to believe God again tonight. And we will see everything. Somebody magnify him. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Hallelujah. Tell the stars. Genesis chapter 12 tells us of God's call to a man by the name of Abram. Amen. Many of us would recall this story, but I think it goes beyond a biblical account because many of us can relate to this exact encounter that there was a voice from heaven that spoke to this man. There was a calling from God that told him to leave his country, to leave his family, to leave all of his possessions behind this might seem insane to our atheist and agnostic and ultimately god-hating world they might think that a man like abram would be an a, a psychopath that maybe you'd want to put him on some pills and you would want to commit him to a mental health facility for hearing voices but Abram understood, I am not hearing just any other voice. I have not lost my mind. But there was something in this call to Abraham that was coming. And he knew that it was not by the hand of man. That it did not come from something on earth or something that was malevolent. It came from the goodness of God. He heard from God and Abram believed that it was a word from God did not matter what other people might have told him we do not have any knowledge that Abram knew God up until this point we see his family being full of idolatry but I believe that this is much like the call that comes on every individual life uh, when God calls somebody out of sin and God calls somebody out of this world. Amen. God starts uh, and they hear a voice like Saul did on his way to Damascus uh, and it knocked him off his high horse uh, and it was a God call. It was not a human call. It was a divine call that I've got more for you than you are living for right now. And it is that call that I have to believe has not ceased in Genesis chapter 12. That it did not cease in Acts chapter 9. Amen. But that call has continued and perpetuated. And I have to believe as a pastor. Amen. I, I believe like Brother Diaz said that one day, amen, we will have more than what we see up here today. Because I believe that God is still calling. 
Amen. I believe that God is still reaching. There are people on bar stools right now that are so drunk out of their mind. People in crack houses right now that are blown out of their mind high as they can be. But the voice of God is breaking through it all. God's calling. God's calling. There are people here tonight that you are only here because there was a voice that came from heaven and he called to you and you responded to that call. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and love him. Amen. Let's worship him for just a moment. Amen. I believe that God's still speaking. I believe that God's still calling. Amen. I have not lost faith that God is calling to the sinner. I have not lost faith that God is calling to the backslider. I have not lost faith that God is calling. Amen. To those that have missed the mark and maybe are just a few degrees off. I believe that God is still working on people. Amen. Abram hears that voice and he listens to that voice. And that is the difference. It's not enough to hear the voice of God. You have got to respond to the voice of God. It is not enough to come and hear a good sermon. We've got to respond to that sermon. Hallelujah. It's not enough to have a good prayer meeting, but we've got to do something with that prayer meeting. We talked about it last week. It's not enough just to hear the word of God, but we must become doers of the word of God because the blessing is not in the hearing. The blessing is in the doing. The blessing is in the activity. The blessing is in saying, yes, Lord. The blessing is saying, I will forsake all and I will follow hard after you. When you said, seek my face, my heart said, thy face, Lord, will I seek there was action that was that was activating my faith there was something I had to do in order for my faith to really be faith some people think that their faith is just head knowledge that their faith is somehow just uh, some mystical idea but faith is the very thing that you enact. You can tell me all day, I believe God, I believe God, I believe God. But until you start lining up and your actions, amen, start showing and proving that you believe God, amen, I don't really think you believe God. It's like the kid that you tell them, if you don't clean your room, you're going to get a whooping. And they say, I believe you. And they do nothing about it. The kid that really believes you is the one that goes immediately and says, if I don't do something about this, there's going to be some negative consequences. The same is true in the positive and in the affirmative. The person that says, I believe God is the one that says, Lord, I'm going to start operating. Amen. Not as if it would never happen. I'm going to live my life and I'm going to take that step. Amen. The call of God is to step out of everything, to leave and to walk into the unknown. Amen. There's a lot of people that are scared of the unknown. And they fall into the category of fear. Fear and faith, they are Siamese twins because they both deal with the unknown. The difference is how somebody views the unknown. The person that has fear, they see the unknown and they let it go through a pessimistic lens. And they think of all the ways that it would fail and all the ways that there would be opposition and all the ways that it could not work. They're the ten spies, not the two. And they see how it can't happen and how everything's going to get worse and how everything's going to go downhill. But the person that's operating in faith, they say, I don't have any more information than the person that's walking by fear. But I've made a decision. I'm going to have a faith-based response and God has called to me. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know I don't want to stay here and wonder for the rest of my life what would have happened if I'd have just said yes. 
I don't know about you, but I don't want to live the rest of my life saying, what if? Amen. Not what if in the negative, but what if in the positive? What if I would have stepped out in faith? What if I would have agreed with God? What if I would have just said, Lord, you can have your way? What if I would have just said, Lord, go ahead and you do it? And instead of fighting against God and being in opposition to the promises of God and the plan of God, instead of being in opposition to my own self, what would happen if I just said yes to God? and started walking in it. What faith would I start to see, amen, unfold? What plans does God have for me? Oh, somebody clap your hands and give him praise. Man, it all starts with the call of God, but that call is a call to action. It's not a call to a mental ascent. It is a call to action. And in that call, God never calls somebody out of something unless he's got a plan to call them into something. He tells them, if you will leave all this behind. I'm not just asking you to forsake everything and to have nothing. He said, but I will make of you a great nation. And out of your seed, amen, shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. He promised to Abram that I would give you a son and an heir. And that son, amen, would be the very thing you've been praying for. His wife, amen, was, they were in their late 70s. They did not have it. Amen, they were praying and they didn't see anything happen. But finally one day God showed up and said, if you will walk according to my word, if you will step out in faith, I will give this to you and you will have somebody to have an inheritance but not only are you going to have somebody to have an inheritance I'm going to bless you and you will be a blessing all Abram had to do was leave everything behind and walk amen in a forward progression in the promises of God and his blessing everywhere that he put his foot the Bible says that he would put his foot down and that would be his inheritance and his children's inheritance and his grandchildren's inheritance and the nation of Israel's inheritance and there would then be a spiritual inheritance that comes upon the church of the living God that we are now by faith we are children of Abraham but it took one man that would not give up it took one man that would not quit it took one man that even though it may have only been an inch he took a step forward it might have only been a couple feet but he took a step forward you might say well preacher it's not a lot right now just keep moving forward I don't feel a lot of victory did you move forward today did you move forward this week are there incremental victories has there been progression in your life has God started opening things up yet keep moving forward somebody lift up your hands come on let's pray Come on, I came to minister to somebody that's saying, well, it's not happening in my time frame. It's all right. Just keep taking that step forward. You just keep walking and saying, it's mine. It's mine. It's mine. It might be one step forward, two steps back, but you keep making progress. There's so many people that think that because they have not seen the fruition that somehow they should stop acting on their faith. You may not see everything right now, but that should not determine whether or not you move forward. Hallelujah. It might be a hard time, but you don't move backwards because you are pressing into the promises. 
I've got something to pray for. I've got something to march towards. I've got something to work towards. I've got something to believe for. Amen. Why are you not quitting? Because I can't give up now because I'm still pressing into it. I have not seen it. Somebody needs to let go of that lie from the devil that says your best days are behind you. If your best days are behind you, turn around and go there. But if you've got enough faith to believe that God's still got more for you, press on into it. Any forward progression is is going to be positive in your life. There's people that they get saved and they think, well, I should be making leaps and bounds. And there's other people who live for God for, uh, you know, for 40 years and, and they think, well, I'm not making as many leaps and bounds as I did when I first got saved. That's because you are, you are now editing, amen, the, the final product. You are, you are now perfecting the final and finished product. And, and, and there's somebody that when they first come in, they needed a whole remodel. Hallelujah. Some of us need a, a full remodel still, but uh, some people, they needed a full engine overhaul. And you're wondering why you're just changing your oil right now. It's all right. Keep changing oil because you're keeping somewhere. You're moving forward. Keep putting gas in the tank. Keep moving forward. Some people think they need God to overhaul them every service. That's not the case. Uh, if God has been working on you for the last several years uh, and you go, well, I don't feel God like I used to because there's not as much work on you as there used to be. So don't lose faith. You're actually closer to the promise than you were before. You don't feel it. You don't see it. But you're closer. Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Don't stop. Don't quit. He said, I'm going to give this to you. You're going to have a son everywhere you put your, fi- your feet. I'm going to give it to you for an inheritance. But you better believe that as Abraham went, uh, he brought with him, amen, his nephew Lot, something that God had told him not to do because some of us have trouble letting go of different things and some of us have trouble letting go of, amen, some relationships and some of us have trouble letting go of other voices in our life, uh, amen, so we carry them along with us. And then there's other people like his father, Terah, that he said, leave your father, leave your father house uh, and you watch through the Bible his father's tagging along uh, and follow him until the day he dies uh, but guess what uh, whether he dies there you keep moving forward my Bible says of Abram that he was looking for a city that had foundations whose builder and maker was God. He was looking uh, for this ultimate promise from heaven uh, that God had already spoken to him. And as he went, uh, the Bible says in a time of famine, he came to the land of Egypt. He came to that land, and I have no doubt that it was a beautiful city. There's people still visit Egypt today. Amen. It was the wealthiest country. Amen. At that moment, all the way until God destroyed Egypt uh, in the book of Exodus. Uh, But we find uh, that Abram, he got to that place uh, in the time of famine. He went to Egypt. Uh, Amen. There's some places that people go when they get hungry and when they get desperate that they should never go because they don't see the city that God is building, the city that has foundations, uh, whose builder and maker is God. Uh, There's some people that will settle for Egypt. Because it looks like a city. Amen. When God gives you a promise, don't settle for less than what God has promised. that again. When God gives you a promise, do not settle for less than what God has promised. If you show up and it's Egypt and it looks like a city, that doesn't mean it's your city, honey. It looks like it's got bright lights, but they're not your bright lights. It's not the way that God had promised to you. 
And so Abram goes there. He spends time. And he gets to Egypt. And he, he, he gets comfortable. We know because he starts picking up things in Egypt. Hagar came from Egypt. Lot got a taste of Egypt in his mouth to where one day he looks down and sees Sodom and Gomorrah. And he said, it's like the city of God. Even though Abram had never seen the city of God, Lot certainly had not seen the city of God. But yet somehow, some way, Lot, when he went to Egypt, he thought that was the city of God. That was the ideal. Some people sell themselves far too short of what God really wants to do in their life. They settle for Egypt when they could have Israel. And they settle for the world when they could have the church. And they settle for being blessed, for being rich. And they settle, come on somebody, and they settle, amen, just for a little happiness, amen for a Friday night drinking session uh, for having joy unspeakable and full of glory. Uh, they settle uh, for having a little bit of rest uh, for peace that only comes from God that passes all understanding uh, and they say that this uh, is the ideal. This is the city of God. Uh, but I've got news for you Lot and Abram. Uh, it is not the city of God. It's not what God promised. Uh, church, uh, this is not our home. Uh, we are just passing through I know you like your seat, uh, but don't get comfortable in your seat because, uh, Lord willing, uh, we're going to uproot those seats uh, and take them somewhere else, uh, reupholster them, uh, and put them in a different place, uh, and you'll have to sit somewhere else. Uh, don't get comfortable right where you are. God's got more for Apostolic Revival Center. I'm not settling. Somebody give him great praise. Somebody give him great glory. I'm not settling for less than the very best. I'm not settling for less than the promises of God. And Abram had a choice. I can stay in Egypt and I can get there and I can be blessed and I can be rich in Egypt. And then Egypt can say this, we have made you rich. Abram rejected all of the riches of Egypt. And there... He makes a decision, I'm going to move forward. Sometimes comfort is the one thing that stops us from moving forward. We get used to something. You get used to good things or bad things. You can get used to being broke. You can get used to being sad. You can get used to being depressed and you can somehow learn to cope with it. Or you can say, this is not what God has for me. Amen. Well, this is the, if this is the apex of all God can do, uh, amen, I want to I go serve a different God because I serve a God that answers by fire. I serve a God that splits red seas. I serve a God that brings water from a rock. I'm not... If you think this is all God can do in your life, uh, you've missed it. Uh, read your Bible again. Uh, he can do more than you and I can ever believe for. He leaves. He's blessed. And he keeps moving forward. He doesn't stay in Egypt because that's less than what God had promised. He doesn't stop when he gets enough cattle, when he gets enough servants. He does not allow himself to get comfortable, amen, and stay where he is because he knows I'm still pressing on and I've not seen everything that God has for me. He was so blessed there was not room enough for his cattle and his nephew Lot's cattle. And so they decided to part ways. And the Bible says that after they split up that God began to speak to Abram again. Amen. God gave him some more communication and God gave him new direction after he dis. 
disconnected from somebody that's eyes was no longer on the promise. When he disconnected from a different voice, he heard the voice of God. There's some people that said, well, I want to hear from God about the promises that he's made to me. I need a reminder. Well, it could be you need to remove some voices that have been yelling in your ear that are full of bitterness, that are full of doubt. you got to let them go and keep on moving. Why? Because what God has promised to me is too important in my life for me to give it up and go with you. I'm going to press on into everything God said. You can go to Sodom and Gomorrah thinking that's the city of God. I'm going to go to the hill of the Lord. I'm going to ascend while you descend. The house of David's going to increase and the house of Saul's going to decrease. The church of the living God is going up and the rest of the world's going down. The ark of God is going up and the world is sinking beneath. You can make your decision if you want, but I've decided I'm going to go with God on this one. I've decided I'm going to follow the Lord on this one. I've decided I'm going to trust God on this one. I've decided I'm going to hold on until Jesus makes it right. I've decided I'm going to let God amen, get the final word. I've decided I'm going to let him be the ending. I'm going to let him be the omega. I'm going to let him be the finisher. I'm going to let God be the one that writes the rest of this story and I'm going to give God praise when it comes to pass. Somebody clap your hands and magnify him here tonight. Come on right now. I'm trying to boost somebody's faith. you got to disconnect from some voices. Amen. They don't really want the best for you anyways. you got to move in God. Somebody lift up your hands. Come on, church. Let's pray in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's pray for just a few moments. Come on, you surround yourself with doubters, you'll be a doubter. You surround yourself with bitter people, you'll get bitter. You surround yourself with people that don't, amen, see God working it out. You won't see God working it out. The blind follow the blind, and they both fall into a ditch. you got to disconnect and say, Lot, go your direction, but I'm going to go with God. God spoke to him after all these years of travel of famine, of wars, of fights, of blessing. And we see in our text, he still does not have the promised son. But Abram's still moving forward. He's not seen what God has told him 25 plus years ago, but he's still moving forward. And he's not giving up. Amen. I don't know what it is, but there's something that's rising up. Amen. In this current society, in this current generation, that it says if something's a little difficult, don't do it. If something's got a little bit of a challenge, quit. If something gets a little too hard, you just throw in the towel and give up because nothing in life should be hard. And everything in life should come easy. But anything that's worth, amen, having in life is worth fighting for. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to be an uphill battle. 
Come on, there's lots that are looking downhill, amen, that they can go, amen, the path of least resistance, amen, where there's already well-watered plains, but they miss the slime pits, and they miss out on all the warfare, and they don't realize there's bad things down there, there's destruction down there, and there's judgment down there, where the Abrahams say, I'm going to go up, and it's going to be a little more difficult, but I will see the promises of God come to pass in my life. Oh, some magnify him come on let's praise him tonight there's some folks I came to minister to you in the Holy Ghost you got to keep pressing forward it's difficult you got fights you got battles but keep pushing on Abram has not seen it and God speaks to him after a long time and can you believe the audacity of God after years of silence, how dare he? Some folks, they, they, God tells them what color socks to wear. I don't need God to tell me. I wear black every time. Black suit, white shirt. No decision-making process. But there are some people, God speaks to them about everything. And if somebody thinks that God speaks to them about everything, he ain't speaking to you very much. Because he speaks to Abraham, and then it's years. God's got to speak to me every day. Now, I believe in the Holy Ghost. You can pray, and God can speak to you. That's not what I'm saying. Amen. But some people, if they didn't hear from God today, they forget about everything he said yesterday and last week and last month. They lose hope, and they lose faith today because he didn't speak this morning, and God was about to do it tonight, but they lost faith. Amen. They're like Daniel that maybe on the 20th they stopped praying, but God was answering their prayer on the 21st day. Amen. Don't quit and don't give up because you haven't heard nothing yet. Amen. I've learned this a long time ago that if God has not spoken to me in a while, I just go back to the last thing he said uh, and I say, Lord, if you've got no new word for me, you got an old word for me and I'm going to keep fighting for that old word. Come on, somebody. I came to preach in the Holy Ghost. Uh, if you don't have some new precious promise, uh, you got some old precious promises uh, that I'm not quitting on and I'm not giving up on. Oh, somebody give him praise. Somebody give him praise tonight. Uh, amen. God's moving. God shows up after years of silence. I know, I know this is how I feel sometimes. Where you been? I've been here struggling. Where have you been? And God shows up and he gives him a word of encouragement. After the battles have already been fought, mind you. And he says, fear not. You know how when I called you the first time and you operated in faith? Yes, there's going to be another trying season. You think, well, I just got over it and it's done and I never have to go back to it. Amen. God brings us back to another call, another point. And he says, fear not. Amen. You've got to have faith even in this season, even in the middle season when it's not happened. Amen. It, it might be one of those things where you come to the altar and you get a call at the very beginning and it was 10 years ago and you were excited because the evangelist came by and preached and laid hands on you and shook you a little bit, gave you a back rub and you were super excited and you got with it. But then a couple years years later he's not spoken to you in a while and God shows up and says remember that what I told you a long time ago fear not because you got to keep choosing faith you got to keep walking in faith you got to keep believing you got to keep serving God you got to keep walking in it not you may not see it you may not feel it but you trust him you trusted him then you trust him now and you make up your mind I'm going to trust him later oh somebody give him praise he says, don't have fear. So what does Abraham do? He starts complaining. 
Because when we can't have fear, we just use the next best, best thing. We start complaining about things. He starts complaining about a lack of prophetic fulfillment. He's calling God out. How can I believe you for anything you're about to tell me if you've not even fulfilled what you previously told me? If you've not done what you said you were going to do, how can I trust you that you will do what you're about to tell me? Oh, I know I'm not the only one that's felt that. God's going to do, and you put it in there, you fill in the blank, uh, and you, you start thinking about it for a moment, uh, and you think about your faith. Uh, amen. Just because he's not answered previous things uh, doesn't mean that he's not able to answer current. Come on, somebody. Just because you haven't seen the fulfillment on this memorial prayer doesn't mean he can't answer current prayers. Doesn't mean God is not able. It doesn't mean God can't. It doesn't mean he doesn't have the abilities or the desire. Amen. You've got to have faith and not fear in that moment, in this moment, and in the next moment. Oh, somebody clap your hands unto him. Come on, let's lift up our hands. Come on, let's pray. I'm almost done preaching. But I came to minister to somebody and bring a reminder. And bring a reminder to you that God is still able. Bring a reminder to you to keep walking in faith. To keep walking what you know is right. Hallelujah. He let his doubt begin to show. Because God had not fulfilled his promise to him to bring forth a son. Abram had already made up a backup plan. Anybody in this room ever got a backup plan? Yeah, I know we all have. God's going to come through, but if he don't. If he doesn't, I'll come through. And we start coming up with all these other things. And he starts thinking, well, maybe, maybe this, this, this servant in my household, Eliezer of Damascus, he'll be my heir. And he begins to tell God all about his other plans. And God, I've already concocted this idea. I've already thought it up in my mind uh, that when you come to me and finally you admit to me that you are not able and you start to tell me how you somehow lost power over the last few years and somehow you've diminished as a deity and, and you can't do it, I'm going to let you know what my plan is. Uh, amen. He said, I'm going to have my servant, amen, not a son, amen, I'm going to have a slave and not a son be the one to inherit, amen, since your plan's not working, I'm going to enact my plan, but somebody needs to hear this preacher today, that God does not have a backup plan, God has never one time had a plan B, God's never been shocked, God's never, come on somebody, God's never looked in amazement and said, I never saw that one happen. I can't believe this. Amen. There's nothing we can say that'll shock God. Nothing we'll do that'll shock God. God never has a backup plan. God never has a plan B. His plan A is there all along. Amen. There's no other way that God's going to do it. He's going to do it as he promised and as he said. Let's stand across the building. There's somehow, we start thinking that because we, we don't know everything, that God doesn't know everything. That because we get shocked by life, that God gets shocked by life. But he's omniscient, he's all-knowing. 
And just because we lack foreknowledge does not mean that God does. Amen. Don't make God a man. And I'm not talking about, amen, when he was incarnate in John chapter 1, verse 14, when the word became flesh. I'm talking about don't bring God, amen, down to a created being. Don't bring him down to four-footed beasts and into the likeness of you and I. Amen. Don't bring God into your deficiencies. Don't bring God into your frailties. Amen. To say, well, because I can't, he can't. Because I don't see it, he can't see it. Because I don't know it, he doesn't know it. Amen. He's God, you're not. He's God, I'm not. He's in charge. I'm not. And Abram is telling God all these things. And God says, come with me, son. He takes him out. And he lifts up his eyes. He says, look up there. It's like being out at Brother Diaz's house the other day. No light pollution anywhere. Which means no lights anywhere. And he looks up. Before the light bulb's even invented, not a thing but these stars in the sky. I'm giving somebody an object lesson you can do. Amen. If you're, if you're driving, please look forward. But if you're not, look through your sunroof tonight. And as you exit town, you get away from the light pollution. He says, I want you to look up. Look towards the heaven, Abram. And Abram looks up. And he sees an innumerable company of stars. And he tells him that your promise of the seed that I'm going to give you is going to be greater than the sand of the seashore and the stars that are in the sky. He said, Abram, what I'm going to give you is greater than everything you are going through. Come on, he's in a desert, folks. He, if anybody knows about sand, it's Abram. He's been walking for years, not hearing from God, walking and trudging through hot sand and getting blisters on his feet. And it's not sand at the beach where you're hanging out with your family. It's a day-in, day-out trudgery. And he's thinking, this is terrible. I can't believe it. And God was giving him a nice physical object lesson. Abram, what I promise has not changed. It has not shifted. In fact, it's greater than what you realize. I came to preach to somebody. It's greater than what you realize. That's why it's taking a little time. It's a special order, and it takes time to get to it. But you got to keep walking through it. Abram, you walk through those sand. You feel it cut up your feet. You give calluses, but don't let your heart get callous. You walk through it, and you remind yourself of what the Lord has said. And then he says, Abram, it's greater than what you go through, but look up. It's greater than what you look towards. Can your faith go beyond what you see and what you may even be feeling. His faith had wavered. And he was starting to believe that God was not able. But God told him, Abram, look now towards the heaven. And you tell the stars. You don't think I'm able. You tell the stars. Tell it means to tally, to record, to enumerate. It also means to recount, to declare, to rehearse, 
to speak of or to talk to. He told Abram, if you are even able, I want you to start counting one two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And when numbers fail you, I want you to look towards heaven and go ahead and recount to the stars all the ways I'm not able to do it. You go ahead and tell the stars and talk to the stars and speak of all the ways that I'm not able to. But in the midst of telling your doubts and speaking your fears, you're going to have to tell it to something that's been around a long time before you ever showed up it's been several thousand years since Abram and scientists have estimated there are over one billion stars in our galaxy alone they're still counting thousands of years after Abraham died and received the son that God had promised they have tried to come up with a definitive amount But scientists have said that every time they think they've calculated, because they're not counting, they're calculating. They're estimating doing what science does best. They're hypothesizing. And they're trying to figure it out. But they said, I don't know what it is. It seems like the universe is continuing to expand. And every time we feel like we've numbered them, and every time we feel like we've figured them out, I want you to know that's a lot like God, church. Every time we feel like we've figured them out, there's more. Every time we think we've seen the extent of what God can do, He shows up and He shows out. Just because you and I can't tell it doesn't mean God can't. Psalms 147 and 4, the Bible says of God, He telleth the the number of the stars. He calleth them all by their names. Great is our Lord and of great power. His understanding is infinite. What God was telling him is, Abram, if you can count the times that I've done the impossible, you will have a right to doubt me. Amen. If you can think, amen, enough about how I'm not able, I just want to remind you, the Bible says, says in Genesis chapter 1 uh, that he created the moon uh, and, the, and, and the sun, uh, a greater light and a lesser light. Uh, and my Bible says as an afterthought, uh, as an afternote, uh, he made the stars also. Uh, what we look up to and we can't tell, we can't count. Uh, God says, I've done it uh, more times than I can count. Uh, and God says, look at the stars uh, and you tell them I'm not able, but they were just an afterthought thought for me somebody lift up your hands and let's pray here tonight there's some people that got some precious promises but you've not seen it happen yet you've got some prayers that have not been answered yet but I've come to tell you here tonight look now towards heaven and I want you to begin to count those stars Amen. If you've got to have a conversation with those stars, if stars could talk, they tell you that the Israel said, there's no way we're going to escape Egypt. But then there was the Passover. The stars could talk. They begin to tell you that when Israel said, we can't get through the Red Sea, those stars would tell you that all throughout the night, God pushed back the water. When the world said, we can't be saved, there would be some shepherds and some stars that could tell you there was a star in the east that led us to Jesus, the Savior of the world. Somebody lift up your hands. I want to open up this altar. Would you come? 
bring your fears, bring your doubts, bring your concerns to this altar and say, God, I don't know, but I want you to come and let your faith be renewed. I want you to come and be ignited in your faith that God is able. Come on, that's it. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can even ask or think come on you got precious promises trust him for what he's saying now and trust him for what he has said and never stop moving forward come on let's come and pray you got kids that are lost and God promised you. I want you to pray about it. You, you said you got a promise from God that he's going to heal you. I want you to pray about it right now. You got a promise from God about somebody being saved in, in your life and in your circle. I want you to pray about it. If you got a promise for ministry from God, I want you to pray about it and tell the star. From the colors of fall to the fragrance of spring. Every creature unique in the song that it Come on, sings. somebody pray. All exclaiming, indescribable. Come on, he's able. He's able. You place the stars in the sky and you know them by name. You are amazing, God. Oh, powerful. All struck, we fall to our knees as we humbly proclaim. You are amazing, God. Indescribable, uncontainable. You place the stars in the sky and you know them by name. You are amazing, God. All struck, we fall to our knees as we humbly proclaim. You are amazing, God. Who told every lightning bolt where it should go? Or seen heavenly storehouses laid Come on, that's it. Somebody snow. pray. Every star is a testimony that God can do it. Imagine the sun and gave source to its line. Yeah, it conceals it to bring us the coolness of night. None can 